Surprise! We've got more Disneyland reopening drama, along with a sneak peek of Universal's latest and perhaps greatest creation. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's still figuring out if he's more excited for a Space Mountain movie or Pixar's soul going directly to Disney Plus, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. I also wanted to give everyone a bit of a heads up that the podcast will be shifting to every other week going forward. Uh, you know, with uh, with Disneyland still closed and the parks in general moving forward a, a, a little slower than any of us initially expected... We just haven't really been able to get firmly rooted and deliver on all of the really fun ideas that we started planning around this podcast, but we were initially even thinking about it, especially like video was a big component of that. A little difficult when we can't get access to uh, to Disneyland here. Um, and just generally, these closures and layoffs and the news cycle has pulled us a little bit further away from what we really wanted to focus on initially, which was our intense excitement for Disney and Universal and just theme parks in general. So once everything starts moving a bit more normally again and we can actually return to planning around park visits, we intend to pick back up. And and maybe even added a few additional surprises when we're back at it. But until then, we'll still be discussing the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics, just not quite at the same frequency, at least for the time being. But Henry, really, it was just a matter of time. Space Mountain, the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, interesting. I think. For some reason, I feel like the idea of this has been kicking around for a while, at least for a little bit. Uh, so I'm not necessarily super surprised by, I mean, Space Mountain is super iconic. So uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, I mean, I think when it comes to like any classic ride movie that's made, you just can't be surprised, right? Like next up King Arthur's Carousel, the movie. I think I'd be more, uh, be more plenty either like a, a, a Matterhorn, the movie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Which could be uh, something interesting just because it, how would they take that? Would it be <laughs> like, you know, a, a fun a, adventure movie or could they go more horror? Oh, nice. Yeah, you do, you do a little double dip there, but I think regardless of what direction you go in terms of your your kind of genre focus, I think you have to commit that 90 minutes or whatever that runtime is going to be, each and every minute of that movie has to take place in a bobsled. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but at some point you definitely are going to be like in a bobsled being chased by like, you know, trying to escape uh uh abominable snowman coming after you so uh but then again i don't know i was gonna say it could be in the vein of a mummy movie but actually in in one of the mummy movies with uh brendan fraser didn't they have have that sequence happen already except for without the bobsled so i don't know <laughs> yeah things got pretty wild especially when you got into the sequels there i I guess kind of what uh, what I'm really curious about with this. I mean, obviously not not many details here, uh, but you know, other than the fact that this is this is at least they're going to. Uh, I mean, it sounds like they intend to make this movie. I'm sure they will. Why not? Uh, but you know, is this going to be like? Are they are they going big epic like a Pirates or a Jungle Cruise like in terms of that kind of scale? Are they going like kind of maybe smaller? 
kind of more uh, maybe haunted mansion or country bears. I guess it seems like smaller is maybe not as good and it's better to just go epic in general. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, I guess my main feeling with space mountain is there really isn't much there. Like I feel like maybe even pirates of the Caribbean has more to chew on than space mountain. You know what I mean? Like there's at least kind of very iconic scenes and iconic kind of expectations and it does a really good job of setting the stage and setting atmosphere and i guess space mountain kind of does that but there really isn't that much there like space mountain is really just roller coaster in the dark right yeah i mean you know i agree that there's not much story there i mean definitely not as much story as say uh pirates of the caribbean actually i think you know, Haunted Mansion, the Pirates of the Caribbean, and Jungle Cruise have definitely much more story behind them than yeah. uh, Space Mountain. But that being said, I mean, uh, I really enjoy the Tomorrowland movie. I know there's a lot of people who disagree with me that it is a good movie, but I don't know if I'd say it's necessarily a good movie, but it's a fun movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, Henry all trying to convince the world. No, I'm not trying to convince anybody. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's one of those movies that I've found that when I first watched it, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But the more I've watched it over the years, uh, I've really found that I really enjoy it. And it's one of those movies that like, if it's playing on TV, I'm going to stop and watch it. So it's, it's bad for it to play on TV. It's reached, it's reached indie uh, <laughs> proportions where it, it's going to stop me from doing whatever I'm doing and I'll start watching it. And uh, at least uh, unlike indie, at least, at least Lori will will actually let not complain too much about me watching it <laughs> that being so because tomorrowland is has grown on me i'm thinking there is an opportunity for uh space mountain and there's also like where is this going to take place so it's potentially that it could be you know in space like a and i definitely think they would go big with it i think haunted mansion was the the smallest they went and then each movie since then that's been based off of a ride has been pretty big i think tower of terror the disney channel movie technically is the smallest that they've been okay well <laughs> that was before that was before like ride movies were a big thing they were doing yeah so i mean it's i think I think after like basically after pirates of the caribbean they decided to go to go big uh it, and it makes sense because you know when they kind of went on uh were a little bit more modest they didn't work out so well it's just they want franchises right true uh, i definitely think they want franchises um although i did doesn't look like tomorrowland became a franchise but uh you know i'm sure there was a thought there <laughs> i'm sure that was the intention i feel like though even tomorrowland has more of a kernel like to tomorrowland you in the angle that they took which was kind of weird i wish they had doubled down more on like being in tomorrowland and <laughs> not very much of that movie exists in like that opening like whatever it is five ten minutes where you're in the tomorrowland that you want to be in uh was awesome and i wanted much more of that in that movie but i still feel like the idea of like the land of tomorrow is like a compelling concept and you can do something with like and is like enough of a theme that you can build something around that um what is space mountains theme <laughs> space mountain is like you're 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 on a you're on a ship in space and you're in an asteroid field and i mean maybe there maybe there is more of a narrative there but it's not something I've necessarily guess it's more of like an experiential ride, right? Like where it's you're you're riding it feeling the experience of kind of like being flung around deep space and and it it executes very well on that. But like wh what is that movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and and to be clear, like Pirates is that way too. Pirates is 
more about the experience of being in this world of pirates and being surrounded by pirates, but I still feel like there are more touch points on that ride. I guess you could say similar, it's a similar situation to Haunted Mansion, even though Haunted Mansion probably has even more of a, a narrative there, but still there are like touch points that in a movie you could kind of, you know, I don't know about replicate, but kind of build something around where you still feel like, oh, this is recognizably, um, this is recognizably the Haunted Mansion, or this is recognizably Pirates of the Caribbean, even though, like, especially in Pirates of the Caribbean's situation, like, it's, it's, it's its own unique kind of a thing. But, like, in the Space Mountain movie, your touch point is, like, the structure, right? The space station or whatever it is you're in. Outside of that, man, like, what's your touch point? <laughs> what is your, what is your connection? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, maybe you just make a, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, you make a general sci-fi movie with that and you call it, uh, this is Space Mountain. Yeah, this is what it is. And, uh, you know, you're good with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they do. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they'll surprise us and, uh, and we'll be good. That's uh, like I said, it, uh, you're right. It's not a surprise that they would do it if only because that's what they're going to do. <laughs> so, you know, uh, as any of these classic rides, it's your, your fair game, but, uh, but yeah, it's just seems like it's a weird one to go with. It's also a weird one to go with. Like, I mean, I know that, I know that, uh, jungle cruise was supposed to have been out by now so that they would, they would have a pretty good idea of, kind of the appetite for something like that, even though, I mean, I guess the rock is a bit of a wild card because he's still, he's still a big draw, but still it's like, uh, you know, I don't know you're doubling down on these ride movies before you can even see if jungle cruise is going to do really well or not. I mean, I'm sure it will, but I, uh, I think it will. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely has the star power behind it. Well, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, it's something that, uh, what is that ride? Because, uh, like you said, I mean, there's, I mean, other, I mean, you're basically, cause you're in the dark, there's nothing to really like, uh, think of that comes to mind other than like the, uh, the actual cars, the, the that you're in and the structure before you go into the ride but when you're on the ride you're in the dark so you don't see anything so like how would that how would the movie like give you that kind of uh feeling of nostalgia that you've seen this before other than you're they have a sequence where you're maybe flying through space and you're kind of in the dark and it feels like it's you know, you're going crazy, like a doing a f crazy flight in space. And potentially, I, th I was like, yeah, a whole bunch of people get like uh, motion sick watching, <laughs> watching that because <laughs> you usually can't see it. But now it's on screen, so you have to see something. And uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's very little to really um, show. But then in that point you they have more creative leeway but then yeah you run into those issues where it's like well you could have called it anything and and have this you know why would you call it space mountain yeah um, so oh no that being said they have a lot of creative people out there so Oh, totally. Maybe they'll they'll figure out a way because you know when it came to Tomorrowland, I was like, "How am I going to feel like this is Tomorrowland?" But I think what they did with Tomorrowland, instead of kind of giving you kind of the look, the same look of Tomorrowland, I think the idea that they actually really did a good job at kind of saying is that Tomorrowland, I guess, was the idea behind the land is not just the future, but hope for the future. And yeah. they were really selling you hope for the future in the movie. And I think that was where they were successful at in that movie. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Fair enough. And I guess you could always do something where it's like kids sneak into Disneyland or stay in Disneyland after the parks close because they heard a rumor that like, you know, if you ride Space Mountain after midnight 
crazy stuff happens and they hop onto Space Mountain and they're transported to, you know, I don't know, the far reaches of space. Yeah, they could they could think of something outside of the box that that would totally work there. Uh, you could also do like, I mean, you know, we're just thinking in terms of any kind of narrative that you could apply to that. Uh, you know, Ghost Galaxy, that Halloween overlay that Disneyland's version had, that does have a narrative, right? <laughs> it's like Alien Galaxy wants to destroy you and you're running from it the entire time. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Lori brought that up as well, is that not necessarily the Ghost Galaxy, but doing the uh, how they do the makeover for the Star Wars movies and how... <laughs> How uh, sad the like jump to light speed is. <laughs> so, oh, the hyperspace mountain, you mean? Yeah. Oh, for, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, man. You know, there are people that prefer that to the just standard space mountain. I don't know if I necessarily prefer it. I do like the uh, the little light laser lights they have going when you're on the ride. Yeah, because I like that. But yeah, the when you do the whole like jump to light speed, that's just really sad. Like <laughs> they, I think they should have had like maybe just a audio of "Hey, we're going to jump to light speed," and then then you actually start <laughs> actually yeah. going fast. At least it's 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 very like we're talking about the the lift hill at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. That initial part is you're kind of starting off on a weird foot because you're like, this is literally the slowest part of the ride right now. And you're telling me that I'm supposed to be in light speed for sure. Uh, but I think the biggest issue that I have with it really is just that, you know, as, as certainly it's executed better than I think what you would normally expect, just like a layover on, uh, or sorry, an overlay on a space mountain would be, but, Anytime that there's there's blaster fire or those kind of ships firing at each other, like the TIE fighter shooting at you, it lights up the entire area. And it seems like that defeats the purpose of Space Mountain, right? Like if I can see the track and I can see the structure around me, like what's the point? <laughs> what are we doing? Like why is this like, you know, it, it takes away from it. So uh, yeah, it feels different, which is like I said, is... It, that there's value in that it feels different. It does legitimately feel like a different experience. And so if you're going to Disneyland frequently, it's always nice to have a new spin on something that you're just super familiar with. But, uh, but man, that was a brutal stretch where they had that for like eight months open. Uh, that was not fun. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. I was like, okay, I wrote it once. Let's, let's get back to it. Please, please don't be, Still hyperspace mountain. The next time I'm in the park, still hyperspace mountain. Okay, I feel like it was a year or something like that. It was open, better than at least. So the real bummer is Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong Disneyland. Those are permanent overlays that they did. So they are not doing Space Mountain anymore. It is permanently hyperspace mountain at those two parks, which sucks. Which is like terrible for Disneyland Paris because. I mean, that is such a beautiful attraction, the way that they built it. And, you know, the idea, the concept behind it is that it's supposed to be like a, um, you know, like a Millier's trip to the moon uh, uh, structure where you get loaded into this cannon and like fired off into space. And so the structure and the launch hill is built around that. So it still kind of looks like that. It still sort of looks like you're getting loaded into a cannon, but then you're in Star Wars. It's like, what? Why? What is going on? No, thank you. Pass. Yeah, but, you know, they say it's going to be permanent, but it's Disney, so. It's true. That's definitely true. But it's been Hyperspace Mountain for years now. So if they're going to do it, they'd better get on it because... Uh, it's it's worn out. It's welcome. I, I I'm 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 confident in making that call. <laughs> well, one thing that uh, my in laws love to bring up is the fact that they actually rode uh, Space Mountain with the lights on. Oh yeah, yeah, and they will tell you it was 
really scary. If you think it's scary <laughs> in the dark, it's even more scary in the, when the lights are on because you don't see how close you're coming to the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> it's more scary when you can actually see how close the tracks are to you. It's all like a little janky, right? <laughs> like, oh, all right, I guess. Yeah, it's uh it's good times though, man. It's definitely like if uh anytime I'm in the park, that's a must ride at least once. At least if it's the original Space Mountain, maybe if it's an overlay that I haven't ridden in a while, then uh then I'm down. But yeah, it's uh I love that. That queue, man. Especially that um when you enter, I mean the first half of the queue is horrendous. It's like ridiculous. You're in like an outside that outdoor plaza area, but uh, but once you're inside and you're like, it feels like you're in that space station, and then you go into the room that has the um, it's like the loading station, dude. That room is incredible. Where it looks like you know you're uh, you're like flying through space. They have the grates that are lit in a way that make it look like stars are flying by you. I love that man. That that is one of my favorite loading platforms. I think at any Disney park. Yeah, you know the thing. I- I really wish they wouldn't have taken it down. During, I think, uh, the Diamond Celebration, they had a bunch of stuff outside, like a bunch of the old pictures of Mm. the original, like uh, what the park Tomorrowland originally looked like when when the park opened. And so you had to... got a chance and they took those down. I wish it would have made at least the outside queue a lot more bearable <laughs> um, yeah but but yeah um and and the uh ghost galaxy i i like it to some degree but man they i really wish they would turn down <laughs> turn down the uh the ghost it's like really loud and oh yeah uh, man that's just brutal to my ears uh that being said I scared the bejesus out of my friend's daughter when we were on, just as the hand came up to, to grab, that kind of comes at you. Uh, I grabbed her, grabbed her shoulder from behind and she freaked out. <laughs> she didn't speak for 12 days afterwards. She's five years old, everybody. No, she's not five years old. <laughs> Well, so outside of uh, of the Space Mountain, the movie news, uh, you know, we also got a handful of Disney and Universal updates this week. Um, so nothing out of the blue or shock and awe or breaking news, but just but just general follow up on stuff that we've been following and and just kind of discussing over these past few weeks. This is like this is the update section. Uh, feels like that's mostly what we're getting, especially when it comes to Dis- Disneyland these days. Or just updates, and you know it's um, waiting for that, waiting for that exciting, uh, fun update. But we're not quite there yet, apparently. So first off, of course, like I said, we got the uh, the Disneyland reopening check in. Things have been a little rocky between the governor of California's office and Disney, along with plenty of local politicians. So just as a bit of a recap. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for theme park specific guidelines to be issued, kept on getting pushed off to the side. Nobody was really sure why until a couple of weeks ago when guidelines were eventually leaked, I guess would be the the term. <laughs> and the general consensus was that the, the opening conditions were just a bit too rigid um, and the parks pushed back went public with their grievances. It's all resulted in these specific guidelines being scrapped with the understanding that some kind of reevaluation would take place at, at some point. We also got word that former CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, departed the California Recovery Task Force. We didn't necessarily know why at the time, but I think you could speculate that it was probably had to do with these, uh, these guidelines. So we fast forward to this week now, uh, and so we do have official word at this point on both Iger's departure and any updated theme park guidelines. So in regards to those guidelines in the reopening timeline, uh, Newsom said, quote, we didn't, uh, sorry, 
quote, we don't anticipate in the immediate term any of these larger uh, any of these larger parks opening until we see more stability in terms of the data. We feel there's no hurry to put out guidelines and we continue to work with the industry. And then on Iger's departure, he said, quote, there's disagreements in terms of opening a major theme park. We're going to let science and data make that determination. I understand the dialectic, the uh, the friction that may, sorry, the friction that many business leaders have that they want to move forward, but we're going to be led by a health first framework and we're going to be stubborn about it. Uh, and then it is important to call out, though, that, uh, that we don't have any more clarity on this timeline. Uh, the state's Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Mark Golly, did mention that a new health metric would be introduced as part of the state's blueprint for a safer economy. If you remember, uh, the major area of contention was that uh, the updated guidelines that got leaked put Disney and the other major theme parks into pretty much the mild, uh, the the mild concern or the second to last category on that blueprint, which would have meant that they couldn't continue to reopen. They couldn't expand in terms of what their capacity was past that 25% that was listed. They couldn't expand in terms of the radius, which I think was like 120 miles of, of the park. Uh, that people were allowed to to visit. It couldn't expand any further past that until there was like no coronavirus and everyone was in the clear. So uh, so it sounds like at least according to the chief medical officer, that's going to be addressed with some kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know, additional, um, some kind of additional metric, whatever that means. I don't, that could mean anything. Um, and then following up on all of this as well, we also then got a press release from Chief Medical Officer uh, Dr. Pamela Himmel at Disney, who rejected the idea that the company hasn't been taking science and data and generally a safe approach uh, as they've been reopening their parks around the world. She believed that they have gone with data, that they have gone with the health science to lead the way, and that seemingly everything has been moving along smoothly with no self-reported outbreaks. Uh, so uh, sounds like everything is going beautifully, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm starting to feel like, I, I mean, given, you know, when I think of what uh, the governor is saying, I think of uh, Governor Cuomo saying the same thing is that, yeah, you know, you, you business is bad. Uh, you may lose your, your, your home. You may be evicted. Uh, you know, you may have all these bad things happen, but it's not death. Um, but that's a pretty brutal pill to ask people to, to swallow because, you know, at this point, um, particularly when, when Disney and, and universals are concerned, not to say that other, like, uh, you know, other places like, uh, aren't as, as, uh, as big as those aren't affecting the surrounding areas as uh, either, but, uh, so many, so much of like Anaheim is dependent on these theme parks you know, it's it's really hurting a lot of a lot of the the surrounding businesses and people who live in the area, and uh, and it's just it's not basically from what the governor is saying. Things aren't going to get better; they're going to get worse. And I think it it sounds it sounds a little bit cold the way he's he's basically saying it. I think there's a way he probably needed to massage that better uh to make it sound like you know he's not just ignoring that people are suffering because of this i mean you know part of that layoff is because the park's not open you know that's a big part of that layoff so um you know i think he needs to could have worded it a lot better than the way he did yeah, well, and and I think you pointed out, we pointed out just in general, it's like the communication around this has been just strange in general, certainly from 
you know, Newsom standpoint, I, but just in general, it's like, you know, it's, it seemed like this, or the sense that I got anyway, is that this was kind of like previously perhaps a closed door conversation where the door has been kicked open. And so now it's sort of like, you know, everything's out in the open, but we don't fully have the context of maybe what previously was discussed or, or maybe we do, we don't know. So, you know, it's, it, it just feels like a very weird kind of back and forth bickering. I do wonder too, where it's just like, you know, I don't know. I almost feel like, you know, both sides I feel like this maybe could be a situation where it's like both sides could be true. And generally, like, even if we're to give both sides the benefit of the doubt and just assume that they're coming at it with good intentions, certainly Disney feels like, um, certainly Disney feels like they want to open the way that they want to open and they feel like they've proven is the safe way to open. And Newsom is saying, um, you know, maybe that's not compatible with uh, certain guidelines or that they're working on it and he doesn't want to be in a situation where business is dictating the speed of reopening or the, um, you know, the, the rubric that will be, that will be used to judge kind of any kind of reopening guidelines. Like, I guess he could say, yes, Disneyland, go ahead, open the way that you want to open. I have a hard time trusting the data coming out of Florida. Like I'm maybe, maybe, maybe Disney's correct in saying like, Hey, everything's cool. Like everything is fine, but it's all self-reported stuff. So like, yeah, but I think the problem is, is that like, like you said, uh, you can't really trust the data coming out of Florida uh, because it's going through Disney. So it's all the stuff that they want you to, to see. And, uh, and that, and it's that too in the, in the problem of that as well is that, how uh, accurate is that data? Even if it's, even if they're giving you the real picture, uh, you know, somebody could be sick and they won't know until well after they got home. Uh, There's a lot of times that they could have gotten sick. They could have gotten sick on the, like, particularly if they're flying from out of state, you know, that they there's so many places that they could have gotten sick they could have got sick on the plane there they could have got sick on the plane ride back could have got sick in the park um so it's really difficult to to track that as well so you know that there's just so many variables that that data is 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 not going to be very clean um but that being said i i can kind of see like you know, there's a lot of frustration around it. And I think it's just like, at that point, people are just, you know, I, I, I think at this point, there's like no, definitely what you said, there's no clean way of coming out of this. It's just like, it. I mean, you, you thinking about the timeline, it is like crazy to go back to, I mean, even like summer, right? Like even when we knew that that July 17th date wasn't going to happen because of there just being no guidelines. And it made total sense because we were going through this major spike of uh, a virus at the time. And you just thinking about like, okay, well, when is the park going to be open? And I, I just remember thinking you and I just like, there's no way that this park will not be open in time for Halloween. Certainly. And, and it, if you remember, there was that, uh, there was that, at the time, it seemed pretty wild, but prediction from some analyst saying Disneyland will not be open this year. And we just were like, who is this joker? Like, this is insanity. What a crazy thing to suggest. There's there's no way possible this park is going to be closed all year. Now it seems like <laughs> I was spot on. There's a very real possibility that that. I mean, if, I think if 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 you were to if you were to you know ask me to place a bet, I would I would bet that there's no way that the parks are going to be open this year. Yeah, well, maybe that analyst was talking to the governor. <laughs> oh man, he was he's a mole. Yeah, <laughs> he's the, he's the science that the governor is listening to. Everyone that was scoffing at him, he's just like, you just wait. The thing is, this makes just what's happening uh, even the more brutal just to think that the park doesn't open up. It's the, on- the only two parks that, well, 
in the Disney uh, umbrella to not open in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, it, it, it is weird. It's like, if it was just Florida, you're right. But uh, you know, I mean, that being said, it's like, you know, without getting too political here, the, the U S whole uh, situation with COVID is such a, such a mess as it is. Like you would expect that, this would be uh, this would be the country where there would be problems. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it is when you put it in the context of like every park around the world, including Florida, is open except for you know the ones that uh, in California, the original. Uh, it is pretty. It is a pretty stark uh, realization. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it is a mess. It's definitely very public facing at this at this point. And I'm being bombarded by like commercials to go to Disney World, which I'm can't, I can't do. So it just brings it all like much more front facing, so that uh, I'm reminded of it more and more. So it it hurts a lot more than than it should. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Well, uh, so yeah, man. Hot on the heels of that announcement too. This I. I I thought this was an interesting kind of, um, it, it, this falls within the rumor category. It's not really confirmed, but um, it's sounding like both Mickey and the magical map and frozen live at the Hyperion stage shows also are permanently closed at this point. Um, it, it's just not going to reopen with the park. Um, again, not confirmed by Disney, not officially official, it is believed though that that this is a result of these ongoing closures. Then, plus with that mass layoff that happened almost two weeks ago. So, I mean, we've briefly talked about Mickey and the Magical Map. It's a really fun stage show at the uh, the Fantasyland Theater. But uh, and and I, it's kind of a similar thing with Frozen Live at the Hyperion. That have you seen that? Yeah, we definitely yeah, wouldn't watch watch that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like fine, but you know, whatever. It's like I, I, that one I don't think is going to be missed as much, but I feel like they're both um I feel like they're both they both kind of fall into this weird category of you know, they're they they take up a part of the park that's either going to be changing recently or soon, so like with uh, Frozen Live at the Hyperion, like that whole area is going to change with Avengers Campus, right? Like maybe not not immediately, but you know, once Avengers Campus is there, and Hyperion Theater is going to feel weird. I, by the way, I preferred the Aladdin stage show that was there beforehand. So I was always bummed that that was uh, replaced by Frozen. But regardless, it's like it's going to feel very out of place anyway. Um, and Mickey and the Magical Map, like that was again good stage show for sure. Uh, it's, it's been around for a while and also like fantasy land theater. We've talked about this. It just feels very out of place just in terms of its location. So, you know, definitely tragic news, of course, for any cast members that are affected by this, though. I, I think they were already swept up in that layoff. So I don't think that this explicitly has like a direct effect to new people, but maybe it does. And again, that, that is terrible if it does. Um, I am curious though, like I was saying, like, is this a, is this a case of, you know, these shows were already slated to be kind of axed or, you know, if this is, uh, if this is just kind of like purely a direct response to what they're saying that it probably is, which is, um, uh, the layoffs and then the closures. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, I think well, at least with the Hyperion, uh, I think, yeah, Frozen, it kind of run its course and maybe it's it's potentially that they could have been considering or planning to, to replace it with something new. Um, I do think that uh, maybe closing both of these, because I think because of the COVID, they, they weren't going to open with these anyways. Yeah. So I think um, this may have been a time for them to kind of, because changing the show is probably an easier way of kind of like freshening up things. Because you can't like 
easily install a new ride overnight or i mean it, it takes years to get like uh, a new ride installed but uh you know putting in a new show where you don't have like a lot of uh room to work with is probably one of the easier ways that they can uh bring in more uh more guests uh, freshen up the the park a little bit, so I, potentially they're just going to replace those shows. And this was one of those kind of convenient times to kind of do that, um, unless they're going to completely get rid of those um, those theaters. I could see them maybe. Uh, getting rid of the fantasy land theater just because it is kind of like an awkward location. Uh, and then it's so out of the way. Um, but I don't know about the Hyperion. I I would like to see a new show go in there because I saw yeah. the frozen and the frozen. I mean, they're good performances for sure. Popular man. That, that is always packed that show. Yeah. But I would like to see something more along the lines of Aladdin or or Lion King in there. Uh, Or just, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for, where this is Black Panther the musical, (laughs) live at the Hyperion. Uh, Maybe. Uh, (laughs) uh, You could do a mashup with Black Panther and the Lion King. That would be bizarre. That'd be super crazy. (laughs) Trying to think of even what that would be. <laughs> feels like that feels like something that like people would go and drop acid and watch instead of uh, Rafiki holding up Simba. He's holding up uh, T'Challa, little baby T'Challa, <laughs> with the Black Panther mask already on. For some reason, it doesn't make sense, but it's there. Yeah, he's got the full costume on already. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I think that I think you're that's that's a good point. Like they may not be physically and especially, I mean, uh, I imagine that they're not looking for new construction projects at this point. <laughs> I think it's probably the opposite direction, like what uh maybe what they were thinking they were going to kind of perform construction on and and maybe cut some of that back, roll those uh, ideas back a little bit. So yeah, I think you're probably right that it's more in line with uh it's more in line with just kind of freshening things up a little bit and in the meantime, not keeping people on the payroll that aren't working. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the business, uh, I guess, side of it. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's um, I think. I, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I honestly don't know. Like it, it seems like it would be a natural fit to go with Marvel something or other uh, in that area of the park. Like Frozen doesn't feel like it fit. Like Aladdin kind of did, if only though, because it was before, you know, they went through this, like uh, all of these rethemes and started building like, you know, Bugs Land and Tower of Terror and all that kind of stuff. So when it was still Hollywood Land and the idea was that it was like a live show on Broadway at the Hyperion, you know, you can kind of make sense of Aladdin. Um, Frozen, though, especially later on, as popular as it was, it uh, it definitely felt out of place and it felt like, hey, we got to insert something super popular here that will get people to this area of the park. Um, certainly little kids, right? Like that's always been a problem with uh, with DCA is more kind of family, family friendly uh, offerings. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what goes in there. Interesting to see what goes in at Fantasyland Theater as well. I don't know. Bummer about Mickey and the Magical Map, though. That was that was a fun show. Oh yeah, I mean, I you know I think this is just an opportunity to improve things. So hopefully, like if if the if the theaters stay, then they just get something better. And uh, yeah, this is a chance to get like a, a Marvel uh, show into the uh, into Hyperion, so you could have the the Avengers. Uh, you know, fight Ultron or whatever in the uh, in the Hyperion instead of Frozen, the live show. Um, but you never know. Maybe they'll put something in Pixar. But uh, I think 
anything that can freshen things up is what you can possibly expect from that. So, uh, and yeah, it's unfortunate that, uh, the, you know, the people, the, uh, performers had to be laid off, but who knows when they'll actually be able to open that up again for performances. <laughs> yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense to keep them on or keep them like, languishing until they finally make a decision this was probably for the best but uh yeah maybe in uh maybe in true bob chapik fashion for the hyperion replacement it'll be hamilton the movie it'll be it'll just be the hamilton movie that uh, disney acquired the rights to playing on a screen you'll be like wait what thought i was seeing hamilton it's like oh yeah you didn't look close enough the movie is there but we just really tiny font (laughs) well there is a good bit of news. I guess you would say good. It's a, it's an interesting uh, bit of news, but that uh, that's coming out of all of this is that a very small part of Disney California Adventure has actually opened up to the public um, on October 6th. Stage 17, located in Hollywoodland, will temporarily become the Disneyland Resort Backlot Premier Shop. It's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but it's basically just an extension of World of Disney, uh, where you'll have a little bit more space to uh, to pick up your merch. But you do enter via the main Esplanade area, kind of off to the side of the park entrance, and uh, so you, you know you kind of could say that you were able to enter DCA in a in a weird sort of way. I guess this is one of those things where they are not doing exactly what. Not Sperry Farm is doing, but they're getting a bit more creative to open up at least part of the park for yeah. selling merch. <laughs> That's right. In true Disney fashion. You gotta make merch. money. Gotta 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 buy that merch. But while we may not have an opening time frame for Disneyland, we do officially have one for Super Nintendo World in Universal Studios Japan. Spring. 2021. In the meantime, both a Mario Cafe and merch store, gotta get that merch, will be opening on October 16th to start getting everyone super pumped. Mario Cafe seems like it's focused on sweet treats. The announcement did show off a sneak peek of the interior designs, which look very on theme, look very Mario-like. And some of the items that they showed off were like Mario and Luigi cream sodas and pancake sandwiches, which sounds great, right? Doesn't a pancake sandwich sound good? Nothing about that sounds bad. Uh, no, that sounds good. I actually like love cream soda too. So, now, so Henry, I know that you are big on the culinary delights when you go to a new park. Did they hit a home run with these sneak peek shops? I think it's. I think it's smart. It's it's a it's a smart way to to like get people hyped about it. Not that although I think it's one of those things where like it's just a way of like making some money, building up some hype. But honestly, they don't need hype for opening up Nintendo Land. Is Nintendo sells it already? So definitely true. Uh, I did think though. I mean, again, much like. Um, much like everything in the Japanese culture, it's very specialized and very kind of intricate. It feels like, especially when it comes to to food items. But man, the uh, some of those treats that they showed off, like those pancake sandwiches, they looked really awesome. Like it definitely looked like something I would really enjoy eating. Well, one thing I've found about uh, you know getting the Japanese treats, they are awesome. So it's like. It's and they they do excel at making like very interesting and and unique, but then also like really good looking. Like they are definitely about the presentation when it comes to their their treats and stuff. So yeah, uh, I have no doubt that that it's that these are going to be that all the treats that are going to be in this place is going to be amazing. So yeah, it's uh. It is super exciting. It makes me wonder, are those kinds of items going to make the leap when 
things start opening up at Universal Hollywood, which seems like will be the second of the Super Nintendo worlds to open up. Are we going to see pancake sandwiches? Uh, I don't think we're going to see the same things. Oh. I, I definitely, I highly doubt it. I, they may, if they, if they can package it, um, maybe. But anything that's actually cooked on site, I think they're going to have a whole different like menu as far as that goes, and it's not going to be anywhere as good as the one that they did in Japan. Um, cause the Japanese have, uh, when it comes to, uh, like their menus and just their culinary, like, uh, tastes are, I wouldn't say necessarily different, but they, I hate to say it, they have higher standards than we do. And, uh, because of that, uh, I think they up their game a lot more in Japan than we do here in the U S. Mm. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, man. I'm, so look into the future. Look into your big, beautiful crystal ball I know you have on your desk right there. Peer into the weeks, months, years ahead and give me a prediction right now. Will the straws at Universal Studios Hollywood's Super Nintendo World Will those straws have mustaches? Mm. I don't think so. Well, are we talking about like Orlando? No, no. Hollywood. Hollywood? Okay, yeah. I doubt it because they're trying to get rid of straws here in California. So, Uh, Paper straw. They could be a paper straw with a mustache. You sure you double check that bo- that crystal ball? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh man, I guess we'll you might have, get like a wax we'll... mustache or something like that <laughs> on the straw. No, like a oh man, like a little treat or something. Oh, why are you gonna send it? Why are you gonna send us home uh, on such a downer, Henry? Hey man, I was ready for a big affirmative. I was gonna wrap things up. We were all gonna feel good about things. I was channeling my inner Gavin Newsom. Oh burn damn (laughs) (laughs) well that just about does it for today we better wrap things up before things get too out of hand here remember you can catch the great park hop each and every week at least as of next week every other week on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 37 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you the week after next. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. I know that the big news is going to happen next week, but we're off. (laughs) Are you ready? Uh, I've been ready. Oh. Like it. All right. You take care, big guy. Bye. Bye. Peace out, everybody.